prophecies foretell perilous times in the last days. Whether you realize it or not, as a Christian, you are fighting a battle. In 2022, some might think that the battle is with Klaus Schwab or George Soros, Vladimir Putin, Prince Charles, Xi Jinping, or any other globalist elite. But the Bible says, as Christians, our battlefield is spiritual. And we'll discuss spiritual warfare and our true enemy on this edition of End of the Age. In the original Greek, the term Satan means adversary. Adversary means uh, one's opponent, a rival, an enemy, a foe, and a nemesis. What is Satan's goal for you and me? To get us to worship him and eventually to destroy us as children of God. In Luke chapter 4, verse 5 through 8, when tempting Jesus, it states, And the devil, taking him into an high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give to you and the glory of them, for this is delivered to me, And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou wilt but worship me, all of this shall be thine. Well, of course, Jesus said unto him, Well, hey, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, my adversary, my enemy. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. When he knew Jesus would not worship him, he then tried to get Jesus to commit suicide or to destroy him. Revelation 12, 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. And he he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. All Christians are in a spiritual battle as we speak. So, with that said, I want to talk to you about spiritual warfare in the end time. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, I'll be talking about spiritual warfare today, but I want to make sure that you know 
that you have the power as a Christian through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost to overcome Satan. The Bible says they overcome him, they overcome him by the blood of, their, uh, blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we do have power to overcome Satan. But a lot of people, they get off of the spiritual battle and they want to jump into, I don't like this person. I'm warring against this person and this global elite. Yes, we do talk about the global elite. And we expose what they're trying to do as Satan's effort to establish his kingdom here on the earth. But our battle is in the spirit realm against the enemy of our soul that would try to get us to worship him and to destroy us. God has given us the tools to defeat him. Now, man, I'm so thankful for that. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8. It says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers with itching ears, and they shall turn away from their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But thou, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord righteous, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I fought a good fight. What is he talking about? Did he fight against the Roman army and all the different people that tried to, um, that cast him in prison and every, everything that he went through? No. He fought a good spiritual fight. He kept the faith and he was prepared to meet the Lord at the time of his departing. So I want us to understand in these sessions here, who is our enemy? You know, if you're going to fight a battle, you'll want to know who the enemy is. What weapons does he have? Where does he abide? What is his goal? And how can I defeat him? So number one, who is our enemy? We have to recognize who our enemy is. 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy of your soul is endeavoring to destroy you. And, but yet some people still kind of flirt with that individual. Oh, I don't want to serve the Lord. I don't want to do what he wants me to do. 
I don't want to go to church. I don't want to have, I don't want to do that because I don't want him telling me what to do. But the Bible says you'll serve one master or the other. So it's very important you understand what that enemy is trying to do. Satan, your adversary, your enemy, your foe. He's trying to destroy you. And the Bible likens him to a dragon. And so we're going to be answering the question on the other side of the break, well, who is the dragon? And so looking forward to the rest of this discussion because I want to make sure we're focused in on what is important in these last perilous times. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com slash Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com slash Ukraine or 800-363-8463. I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Just a quick announcement. I will be, my wife and I will be in Gladewater, Texas, uh, this Saturday and Sunday. That would be March 12th and 13th. We'll be at the Abundant Life Church, 409 Money Street, uh, in Gladewater, Saturday night, I'll be teaching the, that'd be at 6 o'clock, I'll be teaching Satan's, um, the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom, Sunday morning, breaking prophecy news. We'll be doing a Q&A session. That will be at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. So look forward to seeing you in Gladewater this coming weekend. We had a great conference last year. The church was packed out. So looking forward to a great conference this year. Brand new lessons. And I went up, just went up to Justin here uh, a couple weekends ago and had a great conference. And you'll really want to hear, especially with what's going on in the world right now, uh, both lessons, Saturday night and Sunday morning. So 
Hopefully you can plan to attend uh, this weekend. We'll have a great conference. Now, the question is, the Bible likens Satan, our adversary, unto a dragon. Well, who is the dragon, the, our adversary, our, our enemy, the enemy of our soul? Revelation 12, the Bible teaches that as the woman, or Israel in that chapter, who was clothed with the sun, was travailing in birth, the dragon, this was 2,000 years ago, stood before her to devour the child as soon as it was born. Revelation 12, 9 says, And the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Scripture clearly states the dragon is the devil and Satan, and this is important for us to understand. Some believe, erroneously, that since beasts symbolize nations in some parts of the book of Revelation, that the dragon symbolizes a nation as well. This is very, um, it's a very prominent nation whose official symbol is the dragon, and that's the nation of China. However, in Revelation 12, it is not using this as a symbol of China. In this passage, the prophecy is referring to the devil who stood before Israel to devour the man-child as soon as it was born. And this would have been 2,000 years ago when they tried to destroy Jesus uh, in Bethlehem. Revelation 12.3 states, it tells us about this dragon. It says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. So notice that the dragon had seven heads and ten horns. It's interesting to notice that the world government beast, representing the Antichrist and his world governing body, is again portrayed as having seven heads and ten horns in Revelation chapters 13 and over in 17. Well, this teaches us that the governments of this world, the world governing body, they and the ones that are involved in that, they are made in the Satan's image. Satan is the god of this age. And that is why Jesus instructed his disciples to Pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible says that it is not God's will that any should perish, and yet Scripture teaches that more will perish than will be saved. They are perishing by the millions. The will of God is done in our lives. It is, is when a, that's when a supernatural force is brought to bear upon the natural course of events. In this age, the natural course of events is for Satan's will to be done. And he is almost at the end of his reign. However, until it ends, we will need more prayer than ever before because we are getting ready to enter the most powerful satanic period the world has ever known or will ever see. Right now, Satan still has access to heaven, but there will come a time in the near future when Satan is bound to the earth 
No more access to heaven. And the Bible says, Rejoice you in heaven, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. And that will be when the great tribulation is perpetrated upon the earth. So the answer to the problems the world is facing will not come through politics. And I know we talk about world government all the time and all the different globalists and the players that are pushing world government. You can see it happening right now. And the Bible says that it will happen. But the answer is not through global politics. The answer to everything going on, all this chaos and turmoil and war, is Jesus Christ and Him alone. The work He will do in the earth will be done through His body, the church. The Bible says, the meek shall inherit the earth. In Daniel 7, verse 18, it says, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. There will come a time when the saints will absolutely prevail at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ and during the 1,000-year millennial reign, we will rule and reign this earth as kings and priests with Him, the church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Spiritual battleground again. And it seemed that the devil was winning when Jesus was hanging on the cross, didn't it? But it didn't end that way. Jesus came down off the cross, they buried him, and three days later, the picture was dramatically different. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and now God enjoys grasping victory out of the jaws of defeat and from Satan. And he, will, he defeated the powers that Satan had over us at that time, the laws of sin and death. And the Lord will ultimately defeat the dragon. Satan will be bound for 1,000 years during the millennial reign. But there is a battle to fight between now and the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we are fighting that battle today. What is the Christian's battleground? It's in the spirit realm. We fight spiritual warfare. So, when we talk about Satan establishing his kingdom here on the earth, you understand that the world government is Satan's kingdom. The new world order that you hear about, the liberal international order, uh, the United Nations, all of the tentacles of that, it is new, the new world order is the prophesied world government And it is Satan's effort to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. You want want to know why politics is so corrupt? Just backstabbing and underhanded deals and all these different things that are going on, all these deals that are being made around the world that no politicians want you to know about because that's Satan's method of ruling the world. Propaganda, corruption, Lies, war, 
But the church is God's method of ruling the world. And so, what would you rather be a part of? Satan's kingdom or God's kingdom here on the earth? God's method of ruling the world, the church, the true church of Jesus Christ. We're fighting a spiritual battle, folks. So let's talk about Satan and his influence in the end time. Because if you're a Christian, if you're endeavoring to be a Christian, you will fight this battle. Things will come against you that don't seem normal. Because you have, and Satan, remember, the the term Satan means adversary. You have an adversary of your soul. You have an enemy of your soul. And that is Satan. And so you're going to fight a spiritual battle. That's just part of it. And you do that through prayer and fasting and devotion and reading the Word of God and putting on the whole armor of God, uh, which we will talk about in... Some, se- some of the upcoming segments. Now, Revelation 13, 1 and 2 says this. When we're talking about the world government, Satan's kingdom. John said, I stood up on the sand of the sea, and I saw a singular beast rise up out of the sea. Here it is, having seven heads and ten horns. Remember, this is in the image of the dragon with seven heads and ten horns in Revelation 12. <clears throat> now I'm in Revelation 13. And it says, and upon his horns, ten crowns, upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And this beast that I saw was like unto a leopard, which is the modern day nation of Germany. Feet is the feet of the bear, Russia. Mouth is the mouth of the lion, Great Britain. The ten horn kingdom, the ten horn beast was the uh, symbolic of the European Union. And it says, and the dragon, who's the dragon? It's not China. And the dragon or Satan, the enemy of our soul. Every time you hear the word Satan from now on, you can think the enemy of my soul, my adversary. And the dragon, the enemy of my soul, my adversary, gave this world government and the Antichrist his power, his seat, and his great authority. So when when we talk about the New World Order, the world government, the liberal international order, the... um, the globalist effort to control the world. There's a mastermind behind that. And the mastermind behind the establishment of this end-time world government is the dragon or Satan. So you wonder why this end-time world government is seems to be against the common man. Because it is our enemy, especially Christians in the end time. The Antichrist and this world governing body will be diametrically opposed to Christians on the earth. Actually, both Jews and Christians. The Bible says when Satan comes down to Revelation 12, that he specifically persecutes the woman with 12 stars around her head, which is Israel, or the Jews, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. Those are his two principal adversaries on the planet today. Revelation 13 really provides a snapshot of Satan's plan to establish his kingdom on the earth in the end time. If you look at it, um, Revelation 13, 1 through 8, describes the one world government and the leader of that entity, the Antichrist. 
Revelation 13, 2, again, and the dragon gave him his power, seat, and great authority. The dragon, who is the master behind, mind behind that current effort to govern the earth, again, Satan. It's not Klaus Schwab. It's not a, uh, a, a President Joe Biden. It's not a Emmanuel Macron or a Prince Charles. The mastermind behind that is Satan himself. The Bible's crystal clear on that. And of course, Revelation 12, 9 tells us who the dragon is. The dragon is called the devil and Satan. Now, if you move on through Revelation 13, when you come down to verse 7, it tells us that it will be a world government. The Bible says, And power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Most of the people on the earth will follow after this one world governing body in the Antichrist. Not everybody. The Bible tells us there will be people here in the end at the time of the rapture. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So not everybody will follow after this world governing body in the Antichrist. The Bible says everyone will worship him whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. So, the number one thing I could say to you today is, we're fighting a spiritual warfare here, and make sure you're born again. Make sure your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Then, moving on down through the chapter, Revelation 13, 11 through 15, describes the world religion, and the leader of that entity, referred to in Revelation 19, 20, as the false prophet, You say, well, Dave, I thought you were saying that this is Satan's kingdom in the end time, but now you're talking about a world religion. That's absolutely what I'm saying. The world religion will be Satan's effort to rule the world just as much as the world government. He will need this world religious system to get the world religions on board with and to advocate for this world-governing body. So, you say, wow, Satan's into religion. Satan is into false religion. The true religion of Jesus Christ, Satan hates that. He can't stand it because that's going to take people to heaven. But false religion, people that uh, can look at a scripture in the Bible and say, well, I know it says that, but I really want to do this and I want to teach this. Something diametrically opposed to the Word of God. Satan loves that because Satan is the father of liars. He's full of deception. So when it comes to false religion, that's Satan's into that. He wants to destroy people. Satan is our adversary, our enemy. And false religion will end up destroying people before it's over with. Whether it's a global pandemic threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, part two. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Satan's effort to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Revelation 13 exposes it. Revelation 13, 1 through 8, describes the Antichrist uh, world government and the Antichrist. Revelation 13, 11 through 15, the world religion. And then Revelation 13, 16 through 18, describes the Antichrist economic system. This global numbering system, which will be used to financially sanction individuals into conformity, commonly referred to as the mark of the beast. Now you can see how when we want to get a, on the international scale, when we want to get a nation to conform to the edicts of the international community, what do they do? Economic sanctioning. So the Antichrist, who will be the leader of the international community, the leader of the world government, What do you think he's going to do to individuals who do not conform to his edicts? We've seen recently where governments are willing to shut off people's bank accounts, their access to their bank accounts, right? So we know these are precursors to what's coming. The Bible talks about that, Revelation 16, or 13, verse 16 through 18. And then Satan will not only be the mastermind of the end-time world government, But again, the world religious system as well. Jesus prophesied concerning the end time that the religious leaders would deceive many with their false teachings. Now again, who's the mastermind behind all of this? Satan. I am not warring against Pope Francis or uh, any other religious leader. My battlefield as a Christian is the spiritual realm. We're spiritual warfare. So, the religious leaders that these religious leaders that would deceive many with their false teachings, that is Satan's effort to run the world as well. The Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is Matthew 24, Take heed that no man deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. That's what? Matthew 24, 5. So, deception, moving off of the truth, and deceiving people, Jesus said, would be the method used 
by the by the many false teachers and eventually the false prophet, the the um, partner of the Antichrist, to create the one world religious system. Now, although the world religion is mentioned in other many other scriptures, I want to focus on a particular prophecy found in Revelation 13 here, 11 through 15. It says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And Now, in Revelation 13, 1 through 8, it talks about the world government and the Antichrist. Then John says, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spake like the dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan himself. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. Where does the world government and the Antichrist get his power? From Satan. The Bible says the dragon gave him his seat, power, and great authority. So this, the leader of the world religion in the end time will exercise the power of Satan. The Bible says, and he caused, what's the goal of this? He causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. The world government or the world religion is going to be devoted to gathering the religions of the world together, getting them to pledge allegiance to the world governing body. It goes on to say, and he doeth great wonders, so that he makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men, and he deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the, above the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, and which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast, that they should be killed. Now this is a religious leader that will do this. So from this set of scriptures, we learn many things about the end time world religion, right? Now, what are we talking about? The adversary of our soul our spiritual warfare in the end time. You better, when these times come, and which you should do it now, <laughs> but when these times come, you better have a prayer life. You better be connected to a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where you can have a, a camaraderie and uh, be around people of like-minded faith that can help you through some rough times. And you better have been living as a Christian because it's very important that you... The Bible says, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Now, when we come to this world religion, when you go to Revelation 13, verse 11, it says, and he had two horns like a lamb, but he spake like the dragon. So when we read about the lamb in Scripture, well, most of us think of Jesus Christ, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. However, this beast will look like a lamb, but he speaks like the dragon. And remember, dragon is Satan. So this second beast will resemble Jesus, the Lamb, the the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He's going to be a religious leader, but he speaks like the devil, a a message of deception. And he will deceive. The Bible says he'll deceive most everybody on the earth. He's going to call fire down from heaven. He's going to do great miracles. And people will just be mesmerized by that and follow after him. The leader of this world religious system, the false prophet, will be the most recognized religious leader on the planet at the time of the Antichrist. Then verse 12 says, And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast. So the false prophet's ulterior motive 
will be to use his global influence to unite the religions of the world, cause them to worship and pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world government. Then verse 15, it really, again, it divulges the extreme measures the false prophet will use to coerce obedience to the Antichrist, which will be persecution and death. You say, well, that's not possible. I, you know, I don't, <coughs> I don't really know about if they're willing to go to that length. Just over the past hundred years, folks, you understand people have, Christians have been persecuted in different things just for their belief system and people that weren't Christians within the last hundred years. So very, very possible, right? People were killed just for being who they are and their, their race or different things. Many, people have re, resorted to death many times. The concentration camps, Hitler. And so that's, that has been less than a hundred years ago now. So this political and religious persecution will occur during that final three and one half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's the time known as the Great Tribulation. Now, although we have not entered that era of persecution yet, efforts are currently being made to unite the religions of the world and to align these organizations with the propaganda of the global government. Now, I want you to understand how some of this is taking place because a lot of people, we're looking at this and many things are happening right now. LifeSite News published an article that the Archbishop Vingano wrote and it said that globalists have fomented war in the Ukraine to establish the tyranny of the New World Order. Now, he's speaking about (coughs) the uh, Russian-Ukraine conflict. You might be saying, well, there's no way people can be so evil to instigate a war where innocent people are killed just for political gain. But remember, who is the mastermind? Satan himself. These people are controlled by spirits. Now, I've been reading articles like crazy and uh, trying to figure all this stuff out. What's going on? Perilous times in the world world government and everything from a big picture standpoint. I was listening to an interview between Glenn Beck and a gentleman named Adam Curry the other night. They were talking about the Great Reset, all these different things going on in the world, the efforts to push a world government to move us into global fascism. And Adam Curry made a statement in the interview about there is an evil behind all of this that is fighting against God. I I want you to see and to hear a clip of this because these guys are talking about totally secular issues. But then they had to say, you know what? This actually is, there's an evil spirit behind all of this. And we know that to be true because the Bible talks about the mastermind and that is Satan. So listen at this clip real quick. And uh, tell me what you think. We can be the invisible hand, and we, that's not the actual invisible hand of no, the market. It's, not. it's a magical thing, you know, Correct. it's God or whatever. It's right. not someone controlling it. But these people are insane. 
um, and I'll, I'll humanize them because they don't know. This, this interestingly, um, Naomi Wolf, uh, you know Naomi Wolf, I mean, mm-hmm. m- most liberal person you can imagine, and she got excoriated when she's, and this is another thing, when she said, hey, hey, vaccine passports, this is a bad idea, mm-hmm. something's bad. So she got kicked out of all the liberal, liberal world, and she was with the elites all the time. And she started writing these substacks about, she said, these people are not evil, there's evil. And they've taken hold of these people, and it's given her, and me too, uh, if you believe that there's an evil force, what's it fighting against? It has to be God. I'm now also like, I need to look at faith. You know, there's something really, really messed up, and it's not just people. There's no, it's not Klaus Schwab at the top going, ha, 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 ha. No. It's an evil that is, it's the same. Is that, how unusual is that for you to say that? Extremely. Um, and I've actually had an ongoing, my wife and I are both, I'm talking to lots of people about it. So you can see they were talking about, you know, hey, we talk about Klaus Schwab, and we talk about the World Economic Forum, all these different globalist leaders all the time. But these guys are talking and they say, you know what, I, I've had to realize there, I'm watching this and there's an evil force behind this. They recognize our battles, not with Klaus Schwab. There's an evil force behind this that we're really warring against. Now, I don't know if these guys know about spiritual warfare and, and things. I don't know their personal lives. But I'm saying these guys had to recognize there's an evil force behind all of this. And so I know what that evil force is. They may. I don't know. But he said, uh, Adam Curry said, hey, I had to recognize that I had to turn to faith because there's an evil spirit warring against in the world here. And he recognized that. So I'm recognizing that as well. The Bible says we are in a battle. Who are we fighting? You know, is it people? Is it globalists? Any, any globalist individual pushing for global control, centralization, um, a, a one-world currency a system in a cashless society, sustainability as a religion, population control, uh, the nation-state structure of our world. Some are saying that, no, nah, that's just ab- obsolete. And that nations should eliminate their boundaries through globalization and leading to or resulting in a one-world government. I mean, open borders, the list goes on and on. These people that you would say, we've got to have open borders. But the thing is, is that we're fighting a spiritual battle. It's, this is not physical. And so we want to recognize this and know where our battle is as Christian individuals. And to know what we're supposed to be doing throughout the end time. Because we're going to be fighting this battle all the way to the end. But you can overcome Satan. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. I want you to consider something because I know we talk about these people all the time and we have to because they're part of it. But the United Nations is the seat of world government in the earth today. It's the seat of Satan's kingdom, the world government. So does, does that mean Antonio Guterres, the current Secretary General of the United Nations, is he the Antichrist and our fight is with him? The answer is no. The World Economic Forum is pushing the Great Reset and and pushing the the same global governing principles of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So does that mean Klaus Schwab is the Antichrist and our fight is with him? No. Some have labeled uh, Emmanuel Macron the, the savior of Europe. And he is an alumni of the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders. Is he the Antichrist and is our fight with him? No. President Joe Biden, he's a globalist. He's pushing global governing agendas, open borders, socialism, Paris Climate Agreement, and the redistribution of America's wealth. Is he the Antichrist and is our fight with him? The answer is no. Now, I want to make it clear. Could these guy, one of these guys be the Antichrist at some point? Perhaps. At this point, they're not. Um, there will come a time in the near future when we will know that. But my, my point is, is global leaders, just because they're involved in some of these things, the Bible says we're not necessarily fighting against them. You know, and maybe it's an, a, a number of any one of the numbers of global elites pushing the global governance agenda. There are thousands of them. You know, uh, George Soros, you hear about him all the time, the open societies, Vladimir Putin. Many people are suspecting him. Xi Jinping, China's leader. Um, President Barack Obama. Bill Gates. Prince Charles. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Tony Blair. I mean, the, the, again, the list goes on and on. But folks, our battle is not with these individuals. As Christians, our battle is spiritual. Ephesians 10, I'm sorry, Ephesians 6 what would that be? 10 through 18. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of Klaus Schwab. That's not what it says. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of of Vladimir Putin. No, that's not what it says. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, of your adversary, 
your enemy, Satan. Why? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against Satan and his minions, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's our battleground as Christians. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth. Folks, please know and understand the truth. Do your research. Listen to good programming that can help you. The Bible says you shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. Gird up your waist with the truth. The truth will strengthen you in times when the winds are blowing and you're being trying to move up into this world religious system. No, I've got the truth. It's holding me firm. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Why? It's telling you your enemy is spiritual. Your enemy is Satan. And then take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Really, the battle, many times, is right here in your mind. If Satan can get you off a little bit, Let's say you've been born again, you've been saved, you're walking as a Christian, and you make a mistake. Well, you need to understand the plan of salvation. That, hey, you know what? I'm a Christian, I'm still living in a fleshly body, and I'm doing my best to serve the Lord. This is only if you're doing your best. But if you're doing your best to serve the Lord, you're born again, you're a Christian, and you happen to make a mistake, guess what? That does not mean that's the end of it for you. That means that you get down humbly before the Lord and ask Him to forgive you. And the Bible says, guess what? He is just to forgive you. The problem is, many times as Christians, we don't forgive ourselves. I made this mistake. Satan is just hammering me with guilt and condemnation. But God's already forgiven you. Get down, repent, get up off your knees, And keep on walking the straight and narrow path. Because if you endure to the end, you will be saved. It's a promise from God Almighty. So, make sure you understand the plan of salvation. The you are perfect message pertaining to the conscience. The Bible says, there is therefore now no more condemnation. How does that work? It's the plan of salvation. So... Very, very important. Take on the helmet of salvation. Understand the plan of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You have all of these are defensive weapons, but you do have an offensive weapon, and that is the Bible, the Word of God, where you can go into the enemy's territory and take territory and expand the kingdom of God. The Bible says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. Then the end will come. It's your words. It's the word of God 
that you're teaching people and that they're reading. You're teaching people out of the, out of the, the uh, Word of God. The gospel message. Jesus Christ told the apostles in Acts chapter 1, when you be endued with power from on high, you'll be witnesses. Both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So it's our offensive weapon. We're going to go out into the world and conquer this world for Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Folks, we have been given armor to put on to fend off the fiery darts of the wicked. And we've been given a sword to conquer this world. Not a physical sword, but a spiritual sword that we can go into and teach Bible studies, get on the radio and television and write in the magazines and put out DVDs and everything, teaching people the gospel of the kingdom of God, preparing them for the, for the, the soon coming, uh, second coming of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the Bible warns of Satan's influence in the last days and over and over and how you and I can prepare spiritually to ward off his advances. You know, when we're talking about this last day scenario, when I wanted to give you kind of a, an instance of the sixth vial. Because this is right here where everything really culminates. Remember the Bible said that the sixth angel uh, poured out his vial upon the, uh, upon the great river Euphrates and the waters thereof were dried up to make way for the kings of the east that might come down, that, that uh, they might be prepared. And so the Euphrates River, you remember that's the principal water source of the Middle East. That river is going to be dried up to facilitate the invasion of Jerusalem for the Battle of Armageddon. Why is this important to our conversation? Because the battle of Armageddon will be the final battle between God and Satan Almighty. The world governing armies of the Antichrist with the mastermind of Satan behind them will come down and the Bible says in Revelation 17 they will actually physically fight against God and the armies of heaven. Now it's... I never have really been able to wrap my mind around that because there's no way I would try to fight against Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven. But these people will be unbelievers. They're going to try to fight, and God's going to wipe them out. So these kings of the east, under that vial, the sixth vial, the Euphrates River is dried up to make way for the kings of the east to invade Israel. Of course, Ezekiel 38 provides a list of nations that will participate in that invasion of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Describes that future attack of Gog and Magog, Russia, and the mainly Islamic countries. Um, However, as you go down through here, the Bible talks about a time when three spirits will come out of the mouth of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Three spirits like frogs. It's going to be the influence right here at the very end, right before the second coming of Jesus Christ, right before Satan is cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. The Bible says that he will will go out to try to, um, he will deceive the nations to come down against Israel to battle. He's going to have a very deceptive message. He's going to be telling lies and propaganda. We're we're seeing it right, we're seeing it uh, with the Russian-Ukraine conflict. 
propaganda and lies being told to draw people in there to battle, right? Well, that's what's going to happen at Armageddon. It's happened for many years. You've heard lies and propaganda propaganda, trying to get people on board to go to war. That's exactly what will happen at the Battle of Armageddon as well. But when you get down beyond the sixth vial, there's one scripture there, verse 15, and it says, uh, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. So, what are the garments that we're talking to? I just talked to you about the garments. The garments were the, the, girt, the uh, girdle of truth. Gird your waist with the truth. And the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you can see that we it talks about right there in Revelation 16. At the time of the Battle of Armageddon, which is when the second coming will occur, you need to have on those garments. That's talked about. The Bible says we're not appointed unto the wrath of God. If you have those garments on, then the wrath of God, you're not appointed unto the wrath of God. These, these, um, the vials of the wrath of God, those will not be poured out upon you. So it's very, very important that we understand what's going on here at the Battle of Armageddon, Satan's influence, and we understand that we have defensive armor and an offensive um, sword, which is the Word of God, to overcome in the end time. We can overcome Satan. We have the tools to do that. You can live as a Christian and overcome any power that Satan has throughout the end time. Man, I'm so thankful to God that He's given us these tools. And then, of course, we have the Holy Ghost. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Pray every day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Have a daily prayer life. Have a daily walk with God. And you can fight that spiritual battle all the way to the end. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.